What's up, guys, and welcome back to Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. That's right. We're back for a new week. Yes. A full week, actually, and Brittany's going to be doing her first grave plots. I'm nervous. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. I mean, we'll see how good it's I not am bad. of uh, thinking of shit on the spot. Cause... I think what it is is like us trying to agree with each other on something and just going with it. Huh. You well, know what I mean? That would be fun. That was like what me and Patrick and Mike always had problems with. We all had these like great ideas and we're like, oh yeah, do this. So, and I'm guilty of it too. So, but guys, we're going to be doing a grave plots today, but we are, this whole week is going to be dedicated to George Romero. Next Thursday, we're going to be tackling the movies Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead. Yes. Boom. Uh, we did a lot of research on that yeah. shit. Super cool sad about the news, if you guys don't already know. I was really sad. We were texting each other super like bummed out about it. Yeah. So that was one of the quote-unquote celebrity deaths that actually like hit home to me really severely. Um, not as hard as it as it hit me when Gunnar Hansen passed away, but it was right. it was one of those. You it's know, like Wes Craven passed was, away a couple years ago. It was up there. Yeah. You know, like George Romero was up there with, you know, I. Ugh. And some motherfucker was like, somebody fucking check on fucking John Carpenter. I was like, you motherfucker. Fuck off. Dude. You just jinxed him, you son of a bitch. I know. I was like, fuck you, dude. Don't bring that shit up. Like, what the fuck? No. That was in the uh, Do You Love Horror group. So I was like, God damn it. Don't say shit like that. But yeah, this week we're going to be doing, you know, our horror shots. We're going to do our news. We're going to be doing our grave plots this week. So you should be should be pretty cool. I know Brittany's scared, but don't be scared. I'm excited. So how you been this week, Brittany? Good. Been doing good? I've been doing good. N- no autopsies to uh, check in on? No, like I last wish. Week? I wish. I, I, I wish I um I wish I had an autopsy to report about again, but I don't. <laughs> um and it's been a it's been a very um I mean I, I guess I wouldn't say a typical week in, in my office. Right. This week we've had some crazy shenanigans, but I can't necessarily talk, talk about that. But you know, crazy <laughs> but it's been patients, a decent week. They're or? all crazy. Everyone's crazy. But it's been a decent week. It's been a long, long week. But, yeah. And I'm ready, even though I've had two days off this week, which is unheard of. But it's been still <laughs> a long fucking week. Well, we hope you guys made it past the Thursday. Not having the episode for Thursday, but if you haven't already, you should check out last week's episode because Brittany detailed an entire autopsy and it's fucking phenomenal. So if you're just now hearing this, listen to it. It's pretty visually sexy, especially it, it if you is, like gore. It is gore porn. Gore porn. 
Um, gore porn from your gore whore. You're welcome. <laughs> for me, this week, I went camping just this uh, past week, and we went to Christopher Creek up north. It looks so nice there. It was nice. I mean, it's it's a little more crowded than we expected. Yeah. It was just nice to be in nicer weather because Arizona's fucking hot as fuck. It's hot as balls, guys. Yeah, Seriously. it's like melty face. Like every stupid internet meme you see about Arizona weather. No, heat, just about it's true. The heat in general it's is true. it's that is like it's legit. Like oh, walking into an open oven. Well, they like, always show the fucking like t- uh, Raider of the Lost Ark, yes. <laughs> and the guy's face melting, it's perfect. Yeah, or like exactly the Incredible Melting Man, and it's I awful. like. <laughs> It's it's a dry heat. It's fine. Yeah, it's not. No, it's not. It still sucks. So we got to escape to like this cabin in the woods, which was awesome. We brought VHS tapes with us. We watched uh, Alien Predators, which is like this 80s film that's like about a satellite crashing. But did you bring VHS on VHS? Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) No, but yeah, it was funny. Like I, I just like they had a VHS player there. So I'm super cool. I was super excited about that because I don't ever get to watch my VHS. So I was happy to watch it. We watched it with her parents. I forced Christina's parents to watch some 80s movies that they would have never otherwise watched. And we even watched Frighteners because last week, guys, I don't know if you know this, but it was like the Frighteners anniversary for the movie that Peter Jackson did with Michael J. Fox, Jeffrey Combs, and quite a few others. And I fucking love that movie. Like, mm-hmm. the more I watch that movie, the more I like it. The first time I saw it, I was like, eh, it's okay. But Jeffrey Combs fucking acting in that movie was just, it's phenomenal. He's so committed and so funny in that movie. Like, everything he says, my body is a roadmap of pain. Mm-hmm. I even wrote Jeffrey Combs on Facebook. And this is the funny thing, dude. I didn't even know it was the anniversary of fucking. Frighteners, and I packed away the movie to watch it. Isn't that perfect? And like, on the same, happens. yeah, the yeah. same fucking day that I decided to watch it out of the blue, and I haven't watched it in a long time, was the day that it actually came out. And this is a common occurrence here on the show, dude. Like every time, I always something always happens. Christina thinks I'm like psychic in some way. Like she's like, you're in tune. You just know. You're in tune. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, like I was like kind of blown away. I was, I was like more excited about it than her brother. Yeah. And I was like, dude, did you know this is the same day that it came out on? It's awesome. And he was like, really? Huh? That's funny. I'm like, no, it's really amazing. <laughs> no, I, I, I absolutely get that because it's, it's pretty cool when that type of shit happens. I think so. I don't know. I'm just really into that. I've done that so many times. Like, we did an episode on Pontypool. Mm-hmm. It was called Thriller Killer. And the day that we recorded, just out of the blue, happened to be the day that I did my first podcast. Oh, wow. Ever. And I did the movie Pontypool on the same day with my buddy Nick, the nice. Starship. And I was Aww. just like, what Hi, the fuck? <laughs> like, how did this happen? Like, how did that happen? We recorded on the same day. It didn't come out on the same day, but we recorded on the same day. I like it. I was blown away. It's always interesting how life works out. It is. Weird shit like that. Other than that, I pretty much just took a vacation. And when I was in the cabin, I, want, I wanted to watch nothing but 80s movies and like push uh, Christina's parents into like this dark, deep hole. Mm-hmm. And he was like, is this all you watch? You know, like only horror. And I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. Like, no, and then Christina was like, no, we watch other stuff. But it, it was funny because like, I want to bring them into my world because they're really cool. Like, they're really cool. Like, I love fucking hanging out with them. And, like, 
my dark humor is like over and above what their humor is. But when they laugh, it feels so vindicating. Right. <laughs> like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I feel like I've I've reached like a side of them that I really like. And so it's yeah. like unpeeling these layers. So, but anyway. I don't have that. Both, that's, both oh, Mouse's really? Both parents are, are passed away. And uh, I didn't even get to, to meet them or anything before. And so, but I, I feel like that I would have gotten along with his parents really well. Right. Um, just of stories he tells me or how he describes them and, and things like that. But I never got to meet them. So, you know, that it's, sucks. it sucks and, and it's rough and he's young and he doesn't have his parents anymore and he lost them really early. So it's, it's really shitty, but that sucks. I yeah. mean, I have my mom, so that's all that matters. My mom's not a big horror movie fan like at all. So <laughs> she's just like, no, no <laughs> like, thank you. She's just so tiny and timid and it's not her thing, but you know, she'll entertain me, I guess if I want to, if you really want to watch, if I want to spout some shit and she's super interested in this and, and what I'm doing with this and stuff. So she's always like, are you doing your podcast? Oh yeah, yeah is she, she listening yet? Or what? she was talking to me today about it actually when I was driving. Kind of talked to her every day. I don't think my parents listen. Yeah, I talked to her like, every I th- day. I think they know they so. do it. They're just like, yeah, he does it. I don't want to listen. Yeah, so are you doing <laughs> your podcast tonight? And I'm like, yes, mom. <laughs> yeah, like that's one thing on Facebook and anywhere else. I don't hide who I am. I don't Not really either. give a shit anymore. Yeah, I've got my like, family on my. I'm Facebook, too old to give a fuck about that shit. And like my parents and I drink and like hang out and. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to be me, and I'd rather them know me on their way out as I'm being me. Absolutely. I, I completely 1,000% agree with that, and that's, no. I don't hide anything from anybody. I've got, you know, I have my mom and my brother and my sister-in-law and most of my family on my Facebook, and I don't hide anything that I do, and I do a lot of weird fucking shit. That's a horrible life and to I'm live. And I'm a pretty fucking vulgar person, and right. I don't hide them from anything, and of course, like, sometimes I'll, you, you know, I'll talk to my mom, and she'll just be like... So your brother told me that you said something on Facebook and <laughs> it was something about shoving your dick in someone's throat. Why would you say that? <laughs> like, because they deserved it, mom. And she's just like, well, okay. It's, it's kind of cute like that they think that they're ratting me out to her, yet she's on my Facebook too and she sees the shit that I say. She and can't I, change you. I say some shit to her too and she's just like, she's never surprised. And so anytime they come up to her and try and like tell, quote unquote, tell on me for some shit, she's just like, yeah, I already saw it. You know, I've almost been tempted sometimes, like when someone's like says some mom joke or something to me to be like, well, yeah, well, fuck your mom. You know, and I'd be like, Mom, how do you feel about that and tagger in it? Yeah. <laughs> I've been so tempted because I, I know. know I could get away with it, but I was like, that might be a little too much. <laughs> if my mom was more active on Facebook, I would, because I'm sure she'd fucking call an asshole out just as quickly as I would. But <laughs> yeah. My mom is hilarious and she is she's been through some fucking shit, man. So so I, I get half tempted, but no one's ever insulted my mom. Yeah. And good on them because they probably wouldn't be alive. <laughs> So, Brittany, I think it might be that time. Horse shots! All right, guys. So, we are going to be doing our horror shot this week in memory of the three people that we lost, unfortunately, this, this week. This last week. Um, which would be, of course, Martin Landau. Right. And Chester Bennington. And George Romero. Yeah. So our shot this week is actually going to be titled Headshot. Right. Appropriately named for George Romero. Because technically, before all this happened, guys, 
we first heard about George Romero. Now, last week, we kind of went over it. I kind of tried to edit it out a little bit. Well, we were going to do a home invasion, but we decided that... We switched it up. Yeah, but when we heard George Romero die, we were both pretty fucking hurt. So we were like, all right, we're going to do fucking Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead, because those two, I think, are the biggest films that he ever did. They are. They, but, set, they set the standard for But then, the then we find out, just moments later, Martin Landau mm-hmm. fucking died, and then just... The other day, just yesterday, yesterday, which we're recording on a Friday today, just on Thursday of last week for you guys, Chester Bennington died. So it was like a fucking trifecta of fuck. It's a big old clusterfuck of fucking bullshit. So it really was. Hence, since we are going to be discussing Night of the Living Dead and right. Dawn of the Dead this week. Um, and essentially our plan was to be discussing, you know, the memory of George Romero. Right. And the and legacy just got that worse. he left behind and then it just shit storm rolled down a fucking hill. <laughs> um however, our shot is still going to be primarily dedicated and named after George Romero this right. week. Um but also the same respects to Chester Bennington and Martin Landau. Totally. Yeah. So, you want to tell us how we make our headshot shot? Yeah, this is Brittany's idea by the way, so I have to give her credit. We're calling it a headshot shot. Headshot shot. Or a head shot. I don't have any clever names like I did last week. Sorry, guys. So we're going to basically be doing... Just kidding. It's pretty simple. (laughs) You take peach schnapps of any sort. Sorry. Schnapps. Yeah, it's not It's not bad, actually. Peach it's really not. Is pretty good. I just remember when I was like 15 and raiding parents' liquor cabinets and all they ever had was schnapps. And I'm just like, but it was always, <laughs> always peppermint schnapps. Always. Why every old person decided they needed to have peppermint schnapps, I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know. It would always be like peppermint schnapps and then like good scotch. And it's probably because it just tastes good. fucking 15-year-old ass would be like, I'm going to drink the scotch. I don't want your peppermint patty bullshit in my face. I want this fucking <laughs> scotch. Please. Reminds me of like peanuts or something. No, but peppermint so, patty. That's so why. check it out, guys. So we're going to pour in a half a shot of peach schnapps. Then to make it curdle and give it that brain texture, we're pouring in a half a shot of Bailey's. Oh, God. Yeah, that's going to... So fucking gross. We're also uh, going to be using our 12-gauge... Shotgun shell. There you go. What better way to kill a zombie? Mm -hmm. And then to give it that flavor or and actually probably just blood. It's just the blood. And one of the biggest ingredients of probably any mixing drink is grenadine. Grenadine. You have to scooch closer so I can record this. Oh, yeah. We're going to record this live. Yeah. For our Instagrams. 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 What's up, guys? This is Alex and Brittany from the BTV cast. We're actually going to be doing a horror shot called the Headshot. Headshot? As an ode to Romero. And it's peach schnapps, half a shot. Then we're going to do half a shot of Bailey's. And then we do grenadine as a coloring, I guess. It's just for blood. Anyway, if you guys want to check this out, go to longlivethevoid.com to check it out. And take it with us. So cheers, Brittany. Cheers Cheers. to George Romero, Chester, and And Martin Landau. Cheers, guys. (coughs) Ew. It's not good. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, All right, guys. So if you are interested in doing this shot with us and maybe even taking a video, shit. Please do it. 
God damn, that would be awesome. I'd fuck your mouth. <laughs> Male, female, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I, I, I'm actively watching and record him fucking your mouth, so... Can you please do that? I, dude, I just said that off the top of my <laughs> head. So perf- I'd fuck your mouth. Like, no, that's absolutely something I would say. So I'm, I'm like kind of sad that you said it first. and not. So if you don't want me fucking your mouth, don't take the shot, but I guess. You want him fucking your mouth. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> uh, but that's it for horse shots. Horse shots. <laughs> I'm already pretty drunk right now. How are you going to make it to fucking hiking tomorrow? I'm going to die tomorrow. I know. Jesus Christ. I'm going to. I'm trying, Brittany. The hills have eyes. It's going to happen tomorrow. But (laughs) I'm going to be the fucking hillbilly that's like hunting people down and killing them. Right. Oh, my God. All right, guys. So with that said, I think it's time for the fucking news. Here is the fucking news. And now we're back for the fucking news to fuck your faces to sleep. Uh, <laughs> I'm a little gonna drunk. Fuck their faces to sleep yeah. now? Like, what's happening Rock-a-bye, here? Rock a bye, eye. Suck my dick, you <laughs> little bitch. Um, sorry, guys. We're, we get a little fucking, we get liquored up. I'm just going to say. There's a whole lot of Jack Daniels involved. Every yeah, there's always Jack Daniels. That's our drink Daniels. of choice, apparently. Because <laughs> um, yeah, it's the best drink of choice. So I so. think maybe we should fucking kick it off with maybe some of the sad news and then end it up with some good news. It's all sad news. Because it's all fucking fucked up in fucking horror land right now. First of all, we found out about George Romero. Then we found out about Martin Landau. And then just yesterday, um, we just found out about <laughs> Chester Bennington Sorry. from fucking Lincoln Park. And that is laughing during the segment. Probably really one of more of the tragic Poor things, people. right? As far as our horror community goes, right. and, and what we do as far as our involvement in the horror community and our podcast, of course, obviously George Romero is the most heartfelt loss for us. Sure. Um, but for, as, and for many horror fans. And it was a, a hard loss for me as well, but as for an individual experience, as far as, you know, losing someone goes, it was a lot harder for me to process the loss of Chester Bennington. Um, so, and I don't know, you know, I didn't know either of them personally, but I feel like I I had personally a deeper connection to Chester and, and Lincoln Park's music. Right. Um, even though I, I had a really deep connection to George Romero and his films as well, and I'm still completely heartbroken. And, and I did actually meet George Romero. Yeah, but, more than me. Um, who was the most adorable fucking human. And right. he's so sweet and so down to earth and just very, very, he loves his fans. Right. So much and so appreciative of everybody that has ever given a flying fuck about anything he's ever done. And that's one of the things that I love the most about him and being able to actually have a conversation with him person to person, like sure. tits to dick. Like it was a, it was a great conversation. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta like make a joke here and there every once in a while, but let's talk about a little bit about Martin Landau first to give you guys kind of an idea. One of the bigger movies apparently that they've picked for him, even though Martin Landau's done like over 170 some movies. One of the biggest ones is Ed Wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did a voice for like nine, and then he did Bo- North by Northwest. He did do a voice for nine, didn't he? Yeah, he did. 
Okay. He was, you know, he's done a lot of different work. I feel like I was one of the only people that actually liked that film. No, I actually, I think I owned it on HD DVD, believe it or not. It. I love that. So movie. before Blu-ray. Oh, fancy. <laughs> <laughs> he was in X-Files. He did uh, many different voiceovers as well towards the end here. He was also in quite a few horror movies, though, uh, that a lot of people did enjoy. One of them happens to be, well, he actually did some Twilight Zone TV series. He was like in episode... Uh, he was in one of the episodes called The Beacon. He also was in the movie The Being from 1983, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. He was in Without Warning from 1980. He was in Meteor 1979 and a plethora of other 70s and earlier films from the all the way back to to 1949. Fuck. So, I'm not exactly like 100% close to him as an actor, um, I do appreciate him, and it really does suck to hear that someone that you know has lived as long as he has and has been in so many different fucking like horror and movies and everything in general has passed. One of the other people that we had passed this week was fucking Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park, and which is one of your big ones. Yeah. Do you want to tell um, me about that? That was one that hit really, really close to home for me. I don't take a whole lot of quote unquote celebrity deaths very personally. Um, you know, sure. the last one that I took, you know, very very seriously was of course when Gunnar Hansen passed away. Um, that was rough. <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, because that was, you know, my 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 favorite horror film, but anyway, um I was actually doing some research on on some news to follow up on for the podcast. Right. And I saw a article mm-hmm. reporting that TMZ had reported, you know, that Chester Bennington had reportedly committed suicide. Of course, immediately, this was within literal seconds, you know, of this being reported. And I instantly said, this is a hoax. You know, this is Probably, one of those yeah. fucking death hoaxes because there he's are... He's too young to die. He's 41. Yeah. He's you just know, a these... little bit younger than me. And nobody... Or a little like, bit older than me, actually. And I mean, I... And knowing and following him personally and knowing his personal struggles that he's dealt with over in his pretty much entire life, you know, I knew he struggled with a lot of demons in, you know, internally and things that he couldn't necessarily push past, but been <clears throat> doing amazing for himself right. as far as... Oh, he's a, been on a, an upward slant. In a public eye. I was camping when I saw it. I was like, holy shit. I haven't been as, like, <clears throat> I don't cry easily. I'm not that type of a, a the type of girl. Tr- hair trigger. Hair trigger, fucking, yeah. like, crying like a bitch type of, like, emotions. Like, <laughs> that's just, that's not me. Um, however, you know, when Gunnar Hansen passed away and when Alan Rickman passed away. Yeah. Um, and even David Bowie, like, you know, those were really rough, you know, situations for me to deal with for multiple different reasons. When I found that news out and it was actually true, like I literally just sat there and cried. Right. Yeah. And I feel like I had so many things in common with Chester. Yeah. Why I resonated with him so well over the years and why I really stood behind him as a person and the messages that he tried to convey. He and his music meant a lot to me and he got me through a lot of really fucking dark times in my life. Well, shit, all of his lyrics kind of said that. Well, now they all really make sense. Yeah, exactly. It's like they did with Kurt Cobain. It's like nobody thought anything of it because they were like, oh, he's just writing lyrics. Yeah, no, every every song um, and even people who write stories or short stories or books or poetry or... Um, who make films. It's their inner self trying to shout. It's all from 
personal experience. Like it right. stems from either a direct personal experience or something that they have lived through vicariously through another person. Right. You know, it's it's all from a place. Right. You know, of of darkness or of happiness or of whatever. And for me, it's just like we actually share a birthday. You know, oh, yeah? he was born on March 20th, but, you know, on March 20th, 1990. Yeah. So that was always a kind of a cool thing because I had the same birthday as Chester Bennington. Of course, he was just a little bit older than me, but he actually dealt with his parents being divorced at the age of 11, just like I did. Right. And, you know, when I was first exposed to hybrid theory, um, I was 11 years old mm-hmm. dealing with my parents' divorce. It was about a year not even a full year. It was a couple months after the album was actually released. And my mom just purchased it for me on a whim because she thought I would like it. And she thought the artwork was cool or something. Like I That's don't, crazy. I don't know why she just she picked it up for me and she bought it for me. I mean, she knew I was dealing with a lot of stuff and I wasn't girly anymore. I wanted to dress myself. I wanted to do my own thing. I wanted to wear dark makeup. I wanted to do whatever the fuck I wanted to. And so she bought me this album and I will never forget. Like, I still remember exactly how I felt to this day, listening to Hybrid Theory for the first time in its entirety and experiencing every emotion full circle from start to finish for that album and remembering I I cried tears of happiness, I've cried tears of joy, I've cried tears of anger, I cried tears of, you know, just pure fucking frustration and understanding of like what he was talking about in these songs that he was writing to mutual things that I was experiencing myself. You know, I was going through my parents' divorce. I was going through my dealing with my dad's alcoholism and dealing with very swift decline of my self-confidence as a person and just being completely miserable. I'm 11 years old. Yeah, it's pretty heavy. That's rough. And so I I don't know. I I always resonated with him very deeply. And, you know, my husband's actually really... My husband and his band are actually really good friends with um, a member of Grey Days, which was... I, I. believe chester's actual first band from phoenix arizona maybe yeah well that definitely is Um, a big thing here so and it hit hard you know it hit home i'm not from arizona but i've lived here for almost 15 years so i feel like i'm basically from here right no no no, i do too it was basically it was it was a hometown loss sure you know and now people are starting to really understand that his music came his lyrics came from a dark place like he he went through a lot of shit that he later came to be open about and actually discussed in an open setting and and what people you know should remember him for he was such an advocate for children and children's rights and because he was he later came out to you know to discuss the fact that he was sexually molested as a child by an older man by an older family friend you know later discussed it with his dad and decided not to press charges because the man who assaulted him was a victim himself so he became a huge advocate for children and children's rights and right. you know helping sexual abuse victims you know cope and he did so many benefit shows and different benefit fundraisers Charities, and charity events stuff, yeah. for all different organizations he across, really did not even just arizona but everywhere yeah no he totally did and he was an amazing person you know and it just goes to show you it doesn't matter how strong of a voice that you have or how successful you are how much money you make or or you how know, many people you convince to try to make it past it exactly you know how how many how many children that you have or how many you know happy relationships you've been in it, it doesn't matter like there's you can't always fight that demon that's inside you right that's 
And to give you guys kind of an idea, part of the reason that he did it was because he was molested as a child by an older man. And then he mentioned about Chris Cornell, who happens to be the same date. His birthday his happens birthday. to be the same date that Chester decided to hang himself. And that is kind of a common occurrence in suicides, unfortunately, that they will pick a specific date. A lot of people are like, well, I don't know if it has anything to do with it. I honestly, well, Chris Cornell and him were like best friends. Some of his kids that Chester Bennington, he had like six kids six and two, he had a, a wife and an ex-wife. Well, some of his kids were like, like his godparent was Chris Cornell, who also, unfortunately, killed himself by hanging a couple years prior. So on the date of his birthday, you know, it, this was like a guy that was really close to him. So this really obviously affected him. And it's really, really fucking sad. Um, it's... Even people that I know that were not even fans of the band and stuff, and I truly believe them when they say this, felt a lot of like sadness for this whole death. It was actually after, um, after Chris Cornell you know, had ended his own life, Chester actually took to um, Twitter, I believe it was, and, mm -hmm. and posted after everything went down the other day, it completely broke my heart all over again. Of course, yeah. And, but, and guys, just anybody that's listening right now, first of all, let me just tell you, there is nothing wrong with you feeling the way that you do. Right. I think it's safe to say that everyone you know is experiencing some form of depression, and what degree, it doesn't matter. Like, everybody experiences some sort of depression that is the biggest thing to them in the world. And sometimes it's just like this thing that just chases after you. Like, when you chase after success, it's like a tireless animal and you're trying to be successful at something. Then when you reach it and that, ant and that demon comes chasing after you, it can be pretty heavy. And just for those people that feel like they can't reach out and, you know, maybe art isn't enough and maybe just like getting help from their friends isn't enough because, guys, it's not always enough. Just know that there is a suicide prevention lifeline here. It is 1-800-273-8255. You ever feel that way and you have no one to talk to. These people are good fucking people. Mm -hmm. And nobody should ever feel ashamed that they have to use that number. No, they have to we call all have Don't these, ever feel that way. Yeah, we all have these thoughts, guys. Everybody has been in some degree has felt that same way or felt that same tug of the fact that they'll they'll never experience greatness, that they're never going to escape the demons that they have Even inside. the most successful people in the world as you can see deal with this. It, it, everybody is dealing with the same pain of life yep. sometimes. And we get on our darkest moments and just know that there is somebody there. So if you need to call that number, just do it. It's 1-800-273-8255. Another fucking horrible occurrence in the horror community that struck and made huge waves was George Romero died at the age of 77 from, well, he had been fighting a very he short. Lost his, his battle with lung cancer. Yeah, he had lung cancer. He'd been fighting it. Um, not very long at it all. It was very short. It yeah. was a very short, very aggressive strand of fucking cancer. And by the way, fuck cancer. Yeah, uh, fuck because cancer. It's, it, it's just ridiculous. George Romero passed away at the age of 77. This is a man who had done a lot in the horror community. He redefined what a zombie He's was. the pioneer of the whole zombie genre. He didn't create zombies, but... He made it relevant. <laughs> he inspired hundreds and hundreds of people 
to watch some of the, your favorite fucking movies that you've ever seen, guys. So it's 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 been a shitty fucking week, dude. It has been a shitty week. So that's some of the fucking depressing news. Anyway, guys, so on to other news. We uh, definitely don't want to stay in the negative too, too long because we're going to be talking about the life and times as well as two of the movies of George Romero, George A. Romero, which is Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead. Yes. Next Thursday. So this Thursday, please stay tuned for that. In other news, we did have two trailers that came out for Comic-Con. As you guys may know, this past weekend we had Comic-Con, and it is a huge deal because they air a lot of stuff, and it's not just superhero shit. It's not just comic book shit. It's every genre. It's every genre, and it te- and actually this year it's been pretty big horror uh, genre. They showed new it's clips. shaping up to be a very big year. The last tail end of 2017 is shaping right. up to be a pretty big year for horror films. They, uh, they showed some stuff with Death Note on Netflix. They showed the new uh, Will Smith fucking TV show on Netflix as well mm. called Bright, mm-hmm. which looks fun. Like, I'm actually kind of oh, excited yeah. for it. Uh, I didn't like the choice that they made in the in the music, so to speak. But, you know, I'm old, so. <laughs> so old. <laughs> they showed a ton of different stuff, though. And one of the other trailers that we watched together, uh, we'll talk about Jigsaw first. They got mm-hmm. a new trailer for the last Saw film. Supposedly. Supposedly, yeah. Quote, unquote, last Saw film. I thought the last film. Saw film was the last Saw yeah, film. Yeah, <laughs> it's never the last. It's never going to be the last. They're going to fucking milk that titty until it's fucking years, dry. some motherfucker is going to be like, I'm going to make another Saw film. And right? Like it's been ten years. It's fine. Just do. I'm not against one. I'm it like, though. Why? Like, as I no, I, I'm I'm not either. And and you know, it's a it's a fun franchise. I think so. Um, every film has been different. Or new I've seen or, far or whatever, worse franchises. I have also seen far worse franchises. So I am interested to see. And the trailer looks pretty promising. These. The wall of fucking like table saws was pretty dope. Yeah, with the helmets so and everything. Maybe. I am looking forward to that scene in particular. I think so too. Um, it it looks interesting, you know, and I I feel like they're gonna do something a little bit different than what they've done in, in the other films, and they're gonna take it a little bit of a step up. I think so. I mean, it's we'll a, see. It's for the times. We'll see. Yeah. You know, it's not necessarily Jigsaw because Jigsaw, spoiler alert, died. Right, so they toy around with the idea. They're of being carrying a on the message, yeah. And blah blah blah, or whatever. And it looks but... like it's like involving like some hospital people, like who are cool. saving lives. So it's like gotten like a deeper message, and yeah, maybe it gets a little convoluted in itself or whatever. But to be honest with you, like there are so far worse tra- franchises that have been out there. Oh, yeah. This is more of a fun thing. I'm kind of excited for it. Yeah. I think the trailer looks really good. And if you guys want to check it out and you haven't already seen it, go check it out below. We got a link below. Love or hate the Saw franchise, you cannot deny the fact that they are fun films. Yeah. I like Final Destination even. Final Destination's fantastic. It's fun. It's like I'm not expecting too Final much from Destination it. Final Destination has a very great balance between the horror genre and comedy put into one. I love the supernatural uh, side of yeah. Final Destination. But Saul has a very similar thing in that they actually try to be intelligent and they actually try. Saul's a lot more realistic. Yeah, like the storyline needs like a flow chart almost somewhat. These are are all things that some criminal mastermind could absolutely think up and, and put into work. It, yeah, it seems you real. Know, and it, it does. And it, it, that's what I like about it is it does feel like a They're very... They're a damn good a mechanic, though. Very real thing that could happen. Right. And, 
you know, I don't think it could go on as long as it as it does. Sure, in the yeah. But I do think I don't know though. People, some people are pretty fucking stupid, so maybe it could. But and some I of the just, movies, by the way, in the Saw franchise are pretty shitty. Like, there's a couple that the are last, like eh. the last few. Are but to be shitty. honest, actually, I didn't mind the last few. I thought they wrapped everything up really nightly, they do, nicely they do in a bow. They do wrap it up. Yeah. I will. I will give them that. They actually did a. They they actually told the story and finished off the story in a pretty decent way. I, I feel like they get a they get a pass for me because they actually made an attempt to make a good story. Right. Whether or not it hits with everybody, that's up in the air. But yeah. at least they tried. At but, least they yeah. tried to be intelligent about it somewhat. Like I said, it's still a fun fucking franchise. Fuck yeah, dude. I don't care what anybody says. It's still fun. Also, there's another trailer out, and this is kind of a weird news week, so we kind of like filled it in a bunch. It is a weird news week. <laughs> um... There is also another new trailer out for one of Britney's favorite franchises, or at least the well, first movie. My favorite, yeah, mm, yeah. the first. It's movie. the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But as you guys have heard us talk about in the past, there is going to be a new movie called the it's called Leatherface, which is essentially a prequel. How long the movie is going to be a prequel, I have no idea. But yeah. it is a prequel. The general idea behind it is that it is going to be a prequel and trying to explain why Leatherface became Leatherface, kind of like a nature versus nurture type of like stance behind it. Right. But I mean, they've they've done the prequel thing already with mm-hmm. this with Halloween actually. And well, no, it reminds me of Halloween in a way. Right. The difference between what Rob Zombie did with Halloween and how he took Halloween and did a prequel and a remake all in one. That's kind of what I feel like we're going to get with this. That was beautifully done. Yeah. Though. That's the big difference. I felt and it was a little long in the child part, but it, I loved it. it but it, yeah. Love, love, love Halloween. Yeah, me and too. And I love Michael Myers, every, everything about it. And I loved Rob Zombie's remake, the original. I like them. I did them, not like the second. But one. I can see why people would be arguing against it. And I can understand it, but I I felt like he stayed very very true to the original right. with his remake. And as far as remakes of movies are concerned, he has done one of the best remakes of an original film to date. Okay. In my opinion. I just I I liked the fact that we got to know a little actress. bit about the child, but John Carpenter was like I it was never intended for michael myers to be ever known so in the same response to this like i'm wondering there's going to be a lot of people on the fence because the vibe i get from this movie is that there's going to be a story which isn't necessarily alexander bustillo and julian maury who did the movie insides strongest point right but they know how to direct a film to make you feel very uncomfortable right and feel fucking really it's it, I think it's going to be a very brutal movie. Oh, absolutely. I have I have no doubt in my mind at all. I right. feel like they are going to hit the fucking nail on the head with the gore scenes. Punch babies the in the scenes, face. Everything like that. They're going to do a very, very, very good job. However, I am going to be one of the people that is very overcritical of this sure. film. And rightfully so, because I feel like in this entire franchise of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you cannot beat the original. You I cannot th- beat the original film. No, I agree with you. And I think the people that are probably going to have a, a, an issue with this film the most are people who were fans of the original who did not like the remake. Absolutely. Those are the ones that are going to hate this film. That is me. That's what I feel like. That is me. But I in the same respect, you love it, Inside. I do. So that's what gives me high hopes towards this film. Right. Because the directors involved, they're going to pay a higher respect 
to that film than any other director has done in the past. Well, I just, I think that they're, like, here's the thing. At least... People who liked the remake really liked gore and violence, and they wanted to see more gore. Uh, people who did not like it were really like the intention, like uh, the brutalness without having to show it all. Yeah, but and that- some people were that that's like the fence. You have like the people, but I think this one is going to be. It's going to have like a weird atmosphere to it, and it's going to be so over the top brutal. It's going to be falling into the remake category more than story. anything. Right, and that's that's my biggest concern. They delve too deeply into making the kill scenes more brutal and having more gore and more blood and just making scenes as obscure as possible and they lose track of the story and right. the character development. The scary part that you get into when you do prequels, like where you try to explain, because you kind of take an element of the horror away in, a, in an aspect. You try to give the quote-unquote monster humanity an identity. You try to make him relatable to the audience. Right. In some way, shape, or form, they try to make this murderer relatable to people. Right. And to me, I understand. I understand, and I and I get that because there are films like Devil's Rejects and um, House of Thousand Corpses where you root for the villains. Sure. You love the villains and you root for them in the end. At least I did. Fuck, right. I sure as fuck did. At the end, in that beautiful fucking scene, at the end of that film where they're listening to fucking Freebird and they're driving down this fucking highway. Oh, that Devil's Rejects. And Devil's yeah. Rejects and they're getting shot to death by the fucking officers. I'm sitting there weeping because I don't want them to fucking die. They're these, even though they're horrible fucking humans that murder innocent people, you still fall in love with these characters. Well, and you know what? In that same respect, though, that's where it divides the fans. Absolutely. There's so many different types of fans of the Leatherface or Texas Chainsaw Massacre fans that you're probably going to divide them pretty evenly. Absolutely. Uh, with this movie. But I am a fan of Inside. And if you're yeah. a fan of Inside, you have to be perked. Your interest has to be peaked. And I am. We'll see. I feel like this is something that we're going to have to revisit after the film comes out because I think I'm going to have a pretty fucking valid opinion mm-hmm. on this film. As you know, you had to make me watch the trailer <laughs> yeah. because I didn't want to watch it. Cause she I didn't want to. Zero yeah. fucking interest. But you weren't too like one of I, the things in the in in the in the trailer that we really both agreed on was the shot where the guy's holding the shotgun to someone's head and you just see the blood splat up, mm-hmm. and that was so over the top but so fucking gratifying. I'm going to be very surprised if they manage to come away with a rating a rated R. They're going to do an R version and then they'll do a director's cut. Yeah, there's going to be a director's cut when it comes right. out. I guarantee and, you because these guys aren't. No joke. They don't fuck around. I feel like I hope that a lot of it is more implied, like in the scene that the trailer shows. I don't think so. Where they shotgun to the head and then they cut away and all you see is the blood. If you've seen inside, those don't, they don't yield. They don't. They don't yield. that's my issue that I think I'm going to struggle with is that they're going to rely too heavily on the gore and the disgust factor of it versus I think I'm going to like it. That's been my issue. (laughs) That's been my issue with all the other remakes or quote unquote prequels that they've done. And I totally agree with you. But in the same respect, it's like I know it's I I was like against it when I first heard about it. And then when I heard that it was inside, I was like. Uh, that piques my interest more towards it. Yeah. Because if it was any, almost any other directors involved with this film, I would not give a flying fuck. Right. Yeah. Because like I who have could been do it? Let right? down on literally 
every single fucking occasion that they have tried to remake it's like, it's like with film. these guys you at least know with mari and bustillo you at least know what you're going, you're going to, to have a beautifully fucking gory film it's going to be gory and, and it's I not necessarily hope, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but it is going to be gory. I hope they tell a fucking story, and I hope they tell it well. And I have a feeling that they're going to do a pretty decent job. We're going to have to go watch it. We're, we have to. This is one I will go see in theaters. Yeah, well, as much as I hate... We'll have to figure out a time, and even if Christina can't go, we're going to go. Yeah, as much somehow. as I physically fucking hate seeing movies. You're going to have to see it. Horror movies in theaters, because I hate people. Yeah. And I hate experiencing a horror film with people who sit there and go... Oh, the whole time and i have to hear that <laughs> pisses me the fuck off yeah I don't like you'll that hear either. in a future fucking recording that we do a great story that we have about yeah our experience in a fucking movie theater setting for a horror film what do you guys think Chime tell in. us in the comments let us know whether it's soundcloud youtube Facebook, horror amino do you love horror please if you're on do you love horror definitely let us know there for sure we're trying to push that a little bit and we've yes. got a really good group really so. good following developing right now on that it's doing really great um but yeah chime in let us know give us your opinions give us your thoughts we want to hear from you we want to interact with you we want to talk to you we want to fucking bounce ideas off each other let's let's talk show me your horror baby like we're actual humans we're actually here like we have <laughs> other opinions we don't just make fucking gross jokes and talk about titties on the air like and we, dicks and, and shit di- i talk a lot about dicks and balls and boobies <laughs> But we actually have legitimate opinions on films. So right. Give us your thoughts. Let's talk about it. All right, guys. Well, that's it for the news. <laughs> guys, now we're going to go ahead and do Britney's christening. What? Or whatever oh, you want to call oh, it. Oh, jeez. We're going to be doing our grave plots, which we haven't done in a couple of months. And uh, we really don't even know what you guys think. Like, there's part of you that tell us that it's fucking amazing. And other parts of you that are like, I just can't follow along. I'm so glad you do Thursdays. <laughs> uh, so it's like, you know, I can't please everyone. And we want to try to do the best that we can. But let us know what you guys think I'm about it. I'm worried where people are going to come out of this being like, I don't get it. No pressure, Brittany. Can, can you skip this? Because that bitch is <laughs> stupid. Like, this is just not, no. All right, guys. So now we're going to go ahead and step into our grieve plots. Of our Monday session. So stick around for that right now. So if you are new to this, and you have never heard of Grave Plots, hashtag Grave Plots, then you're in for a fucking treat. I'm also new to the, well, I'm not new to the concept Yeah, you're of new it, to it. I'm not new to the concept and idea of right. it, but I am new to actually doing, doing it. Doing it. Doing it. So what we do, guys, we have a golden skull with diamond eyes here. <laughs> and inside of its skull, we have two names each that we made up off the top of our head. These are movie titles. That we made up. <laughs> it's a golden... Like in actuality, it's a it, fucking coffee mug. No, says, it's a golden skull <laughs> with diamond eyes, Brittany. It's a golden skull with We can do whatever eyes, we guys. want here. But if you guys aren't sure what we do, what we did is we made up a bunch of movie titles, and we put them into this goblet, and then 
one of us is going to pull the title. Now, in this pile of movie titles, we have a couple of take a shots. So whoever is pulling their name out has to take a shot. How many take a shots are in there? There's two. Sweet. What we do when we pull this name out of the hat, we don't know what it is. Like, it could be something I made up or something Brittany made up. Whoever made up the title actually has to stay quiet until the other person has come up with somewhat of a gist. We can change the story based on what we say if we both agree on it, but for the most part, we try to create a new story based off of the other person's thought of what the title imbibes. We come up with all the characters, we come up with all the death scenes, we come up with all the like story and the whole plot all the way up to the end, and then we come up with a tagline for the movie, and we even make up a cover for the movie like a vhs cover and then we put it up online so that you guys can see it that's what we're gonna do right now Brittany. since this is your first time you have to draw oh golden skull with (laughs) yeah it's pretty expensive that's like a a billion dollar (laughs) skull right there one billion (laughs) dollars one billion so what is the first one going to be? Did you look in there to no. like specifically pick one out? I feel like they you did. They all look the same. Okay. <laughs> she like looked in the cup into the golden a- skull. What is it? It's one I wrote. Okay, what is it? So you have to do it, right? Yeah, I have to start it off. So the title is Dirt Under Nail. Dirt Under Nail. Okay. So this grave plot would be about i would think about grave plots uh, yeah obviously somebody that was buried right so would it be but is that too obvious uh, no i don't know like if there's dirt under the nail dirt under nail which is the name of the title it could be a story about a guy who kills people and buries them or it could be about the person who's being buried that actually isn't dead I feel like that's the direction I would want to go with that. Yeah, you're not supposed that, to. Sorry, you're not I'm supposed sorry. to influence. I'm out. <laughs> I'm gonna just drink some whiskey. But I kind of like that one anyway. That's yes. what I was kind of going for. So maybe this is about some sort of serial killer who is like burying this guy or girl. We haven't decided yet. And dirt under nail basically is this person who is experiencing what it's being, what it's like to be buried alive, but they're not actually dead. So, Dirt Under Nail is about a guy trying to claw his way literally out of a grave, maybe. What do you think? I like that. Now, is he dead, or is he a zombie, or could it be, you know, like, we could go anywhere with this. I feel like the character is going to be on the verge of death. Okay. I think that he had a um, very extreme encounter with a wannabe serial killer who decided to sort of plant his victim's like a garden okay so he wanted to push them to the absolute brink of death and make them feel like they're on the verge of dying but not actually give them the satisfaction and gratification of being dead but just living they did something similar to this in hannibal didn't they in what hannibal Hannibal? you mean like the series yeah the series the tv show there was like a guy that like buried people i don't know if it was hannibal but i remember they had like fungus growing had, on their well, skin they had oh well, and some of the people were actually alive that were buried the only thing that i can think of that is somewhat sort of related to that kind of concept and i can't even remember the name of the film but he put his victims he buried them up to their necks okay and 
I want to say it was like a horror hotel or like something like that is what it was called. Right. Buried them up to their necks and then would um, actually like put a rope around their necks and then like pull it, like snap Pop their necks their and neck. yank them off, their heads off or like whatever. Okay. And I could be wrong, but that's what I remember from this movie, which is also actually pretty old. Hmm. But. Okay. How about this? Maybe there's a serial killer that's gotten away with murder so many fucking times that this time he decides that he's going to incapacitate himself and bury himself to see what it's like to die while being buried alive. To get his rocks off? Right. And maybe he sees visions, or maybe he, like, deals with all the people he's murdered, and he feels guilty about it, and he has these, like, sort of visions of these dead people that he killed talking to him while he was dying. You know what I mean? It could be kind of, yeah. like, psychological. I like that. More you know like what I mean? Psychological horror. I kind of get into those sometimes. They're not always perfect. Um, I like horror movies that make you think. Yeah, or me like too. Thrillers that make you think, to be honest. But. That's what I'm saying. Like it could be anything that we want, and I think it would be different because I don't think I've ever seen that perspective. You That's know, cool. like he wants. Well, there was a movie called Vanished. The I Vanishing. Have not seen that. There's like two different movies. One with Jeff. Uh, Jeff Bridges. Jeff, oh, Jeff Bridges. Okay. Yeah. Right. I feel like I pay, I did a bad one, and that we're failing. No, 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 no. We we can make this happen. This is the this is the challenge that is is the hard part. It is definitely hard, but once we get our steam going is this, is this how it's worked it out in the past yeah i feel like i'm doing a really bad job no 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 patrick and i have done many of films that we were like mm, i don't know and then we made it work till we liked it so okay so this guy has killed like i don't know we'll say like 20 30 people he's never been caught he feels guilty for actually killing these people not killing them but burying them alive and then they end up dying from being buried alive, right? Or could it even be a like story of attempted survival from a like reversed situation where it's a actual murderer, serial killer that gets caught up in a trap from a another serial another killer? serial killer murderer and he finds himself buried alive and has to fight his way out. So maybe there's like a serial killer admirer, like a copycat who like sees him and what he's done and like loves what he does. I feel like it could be a copycat murderer that actually trapped and imprisoned the actual serial killer. Mhm. And tried to show him that this is what you do. This is how you actually do it. And this it. is how beautiful it really is. Yeah. Like he's not doing it to punish him. He's doing him to show him how beautiful what he's done. I feel like this could end up being like two horror movies in one. And no, that's fine. Like you starting out with the story of this one serial murderer, you know, that has this idea of burying his victims on the brink of death and making he lowers them, their heart rate and everything, making them understand and feel the fact that they're going to die and there's nothing that they can do about it to escape it, but giving them a false hope of the fact that they feel like they might be able to get out. They might be able to survive, and then... And maybe the admirer, like, is like, this is how I teach people to appreciate life, while you teach people that they should have appreciated their life. Mm -hmm. This actually shows them, so I'm going to bury you like you bury your yeah. your people. So the, the admirer and the copycat becomes the murderer. Right. And it could be like half of the movie is like him killing off people and burying them. The original murderer, like serial killer, we'll call him, I don't know, is it him or her? It could be I want to go with a her. Okay. What do you want to call her? It's a lady. Relatively simple. Her name will be uh, Anna. Anna. Okay. We'll go with Anna. So Anna 
is a murderer. She has buried uh, different types of people. What types of people does she bury? Does she bury only men? Does she bury only women? Or does she bury anyone? And is there any reason why she picks these people? She doesn't. She doesn't have a preference in as far as male or female, and she doesn't necessarily have a preference as far as age range. Age range, but she won't go younger than sixteen. Okay. What if part of the reason that she's burying people is because she's never been able to get over like one of her family members who she had to bury? She'd always dreamed of them coming back to life. And she felt like if she killed these people and they were able to come back out of the ground, that it would bring back their her love, Anna's love for whatever her family members. I feel like she witnessed the tragic death of her family in a... Her entire family, meaning mother, father, and younger brother. Okay. She witnessed their tragic death in a... How about like a mudslide? Okay. Like a natural disaster type of like... They were out on a family that camping trip. That makes sense trip. for dirt on an They were out on a family camping trip. And they were out... It had been storming, you know, for most of the entirety of their trip. And all of a sudden there was just this like massive mudslide. And she was taking a, about to take a family portrait of them. And she was setting the timer on her phone. So she was a little bit off in the distance setting the timer. And then this like crazy natural disaster mudslide happened. And she kept trying to dig them out of the dirt. And she watched them being buried alive and tried to dig them out of the mud. And they died at her fingertips. Okay, and what if or at this least is her like her little a, brother? Her little brother died at her fingertips specifically. I don't think I think the whole family's pretty brother. cool. She could get to her brother, but he was the only one she could get to, and he literally died. She was holding his hand, and she felt the life leave him. And maybe maybe this is a family that lives out in the middle of nowhere, and maybe they don't actually. She doesn't report that this happened. No, yeah, this could be more of an off the grid, more of a secluded right. family. Right, and she's just sort of like dealing with it and coping yeah, it in the best way that she can as a child. Own. Yeah. Maybe what happens is is that she can't handle with this, so she imagines and dreams about them coming back to life. So every day she goes out to check on them to make them come back to life. And she can't separate the dream world from reality. Right. And what if what if she feels like the mud or the dirt under the nail, the dirt, she is sort of like trying to sacrifice other people to bring back her family. I feel like it's, yeah, it's almost like she has like this mother nature complex. Right. You see what I'm she, saying? Where she feels, she finds people that she is, she relates to in a parental standpoint. People that remind her of her mother, people remind her of her father. Right. People who remind sure. her of her, should we do baby brother or older brother? Doesn't matter. I'm going to do baby brother. I'm gonna that go, sounds I'm better go, younger. I'm going to go real dark. Yeah. So people who remind she's got her that of nurturing sense her of her yeah. mother, her father, her younger brother, and so she tries to she finds these people that she relates to on that level and basically tries to replace, replace her parents them. by putting in their souls or whatever you want to call it. So she worships the dirt, so to speak. Yes. And she digs holes and she like maybe maybe she like and entraps these people by like offering them something. And then they all eat it, and then they become paralyzed somehow, and she buries them. I feel like these are going to be people that are traveling on a fairly nearby road. 
Okay. That end up with a blown tire or a blown transmission in their vehicle. What if it's just like hikers? Or hikers. Either hikers. It actually could be both. It could be a group of hikers. Because they're out in the middle of nowhere. It could be a group of hikers that end up, you know, lost, turned around, and a little bit stranded. Or even people on a nearby road that have a issue with the vehicle that end up stranded. Okay. And they, she comes across them and offers this, like, beacon of hope and help. To these people by giving them the illusion that she has means of contacting because there's no cell service or any type of things that you know things she gives them the idea that she has this like um like a ham radio okay or some type of a means of contacting or whatever she has back in her cabin okay that would work i mean i i don't mind (laughs) i kind of like that they're hikers a little bit just because it makes it a little more secluded well, it makes. I actually, I feel like that makes more sense. What if? What if it was like a large group of hikers, though? You know what I mean? Like a five to eight group. Yeah, and she has to kind of pick them off. Like maybe they like get lost in the woods, and she's like, "Oh, hey, how you doing?" <gasps> and then they come to her house to stay at her house, and she's like, "Oh, my parents are away. They've been gone for a long while." Uh, okay, okay, wait. I have an idea. If you want to okay. stay here, yeah. and then things get weird. So I feel like it would be a family out hiking together sure. on this adventurous like fucking sightseeing vacation or whatever had to be a mom dad and the there's gotta son. be a couple people so i feel like and there the needs daughter. to be a varying age range so there needs to be an older couple meaning like grandma and grandpa like mom and dad and there needs to be a couple of like teenagers and like kids i almost feel because like she's it's gonna have mimic. to waste other people mm-hmm. and then she's gonna find her prime um mom dad and brother that she resonates with, and those are the people that she's going to treat and tender like they're her. Ooh, like they're her. I got an idea. Prizes. I got an idea. What if, in her process of trying to find the right family to donate to the dirt god, so to speak, she kills other people as a practice, sort of thing? That'll work. What if? Um, so we could just do the the family in the end is who she ends up running into. Right, the perfect family. The perfect family. Yeah. Right. So she has other hikers that she run, and hikers and explorers that she right. runs into. Right. That she practices on. Sort of. You know what I mean? Like I was feeling a little too hills have eyes ish. Right. I think it'd be kind of interesting if she kind of like got them interested and then like tried to kill them because she wanted to try to donate it, but it wasn't working. It was like an exp- a test for her experiment. Right. Like she wanted to donate blood to the dirt god or whatever the fuck that she lost her mind to. Right. And so she kills off like two hiker dudes. Yeah. Okay. This is and funny. then like maybe like an, a mom and daughter or, you know. I like this idea. I like where we're and going. And then with she this. realizes that the real combination that she needs is a mom. A dad and a son and a a daughter that were her age when when they happened. And then the one flaw is that she can't kill the daughter because she's still alive. So she she somehow has this like argument in her mind about it and relates to the person even though. And she has like a care for them because she's kind of mirroring herself. The daughter that she comes into contact with that would be the age that she was when she lost her family. Right is going to be, I feel, like the person that she actually, quote-unquote, buries alive. Okay. Essentially. Like, maybe doesn't completely, like, submerge her underground, but maybe buries her up to her neck where she's incapacitated. So the one that mirrors herself, she buries herself? I feel like she's going to bury herself, and that's because she can't kill herself, essentially, but she's going to kill the others because she feels like she can um, reincarnate or reanimate the corpses of 
her lost parents and her lost brother. Okay. But she can't do the same with the girl because she's still alive herself. Okay. So she kind of finds herself in a little bit of a kerfuffle, if you will. A pickle. A pickle. I don't know. Maybe she wants her to, to feel and understand everything that she's felt. What if she tries to... the loss that she's felt over the years. What if she tries to keep her... Unknowing of the whole situation. Maybe that's her trying to still hold on to a sense of humanity. Yeah, maybe maybe she tries to connect with the girl to help her to kill her family, the other girl's family. So we got Anna, who's the killer, and then we got what are the what are we gonna call what is her name? Victoria. Victoria. Okay, so Victoria has a family, a brother, and and a mom and a dad, and somehow Anna and her click really quick, and that's when they find out, and so she offers them the place to stay, and then maybe maybe even the two girls fall in love. That could be a plot twist. Do you know what I mean? And then they try to convince, she tries to convince her that somehow in some dark way, but like little weird things start to happen. Like everything's really hunky-dory. They hide it from her parents and her brother and they go on hikes together while they stay at this cabin. She's like, oh, you can stay here as long as you want or whatever. But then like this like whole fucking thing starts to unwind. I I actually, that feels like a better plot development for me. Yeah. character development to really understand it is so it'll be like a year after the accident where she lost her family so she's still living in this you know the cabin or whatever that they had where they lived off the grid and they you know made their own sustainable energy essentially and they had their own gardens and they harvested their own rainwater or whatever they basically lived quote unquote off the grid had their own life way out you know in the middle of nowhere sure then she comes across this family Father, son, mother, daughter. Daughter's the same age as her. Son would be the same age as her younger brother. And parents, you know, are the, are the same Around as, the same as her age, parents. Yeah. And something she, similar to it. Something's at least. happened to where they can't find their way out. What if, what if she like sabotages she, their water supply or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I think that's perfect. And She'll then they don't know about she it. She sabotages their um, any type of electronic device or compass device that they could use right. to try and find their way out of the predicament that they're in. Right. And then she'll sabotage the water. Like she'll punch, punch a hole in their canteens. Right. Or um, just find weird ways. Take their food supply or somehow right. like lead, maybe like lead a fucking bear or whatever to their right food there you so go there you go food. and so she does it, all these elaborate ways of entrapping these people and then she comes across them like as a savior happened, as a savior to help yeah. them and she offers shelter and food and water and eventually a means of finding their way out because she knows this territory like the back of her hand so right. at some point she can lead them out of there and then they end up building this relationship with one another and then maybe you can even toss in the fact that the two girls fall in love with each other and they kind of come up and formulate this whole crazy plan maybe they have like dinner together one night when she invites them back to their house they have dinner and she's like oh i'll take care of you no problem and then in the morning she feeds them breakfast but won't let the girl victoria because anna won't let victoria eat the food Mm -hmm. because she's essentially poisoning the family and she's like, no, you can't eat this. She was like, I made this for your family only. Well, that's sweet or whatever the fuck that she thought. And then her parents are drugged. And somehow she's like, I did this for you, you know? And then like the girl's like trying to escape. But then she like somehow gets her, ties her up somehow maybe. And then starts to bury her family. Like, and then forces her to watch her. Or makes her bury Make her, her parents. Oh, makes her do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I like that even better. With like actually. a gun, like she, her dad's gun or something. I don't think it would be. I feel like 
I want to say, yeah, like I feel like at gunpoint would be good, but I want it to be more of an implied thing. I don't want her to actually have the means of killing her with the gun. Ooh, what I if want we did her this? To fear the fact that she has that type of power to make her think she's going to kill her with the gun, but she doesn't actually have any bullets. What if they meet her on the trail? Like their parents are out there for like a week vacation on this hike and they're living off the wild and they run across this girl and then the girl and her become friends somehow and they go and have this like moment and everything like that and they become close and then she starts to sabotage her family's stuff over the course of a couple of days they invite her back maybe she plays victim like she lost her family right like something she lost her way right and then like somehow she like gets them to come back to the house in the morning she poisons the family Ooh, and then she becomes just, really close with the other girl maybe they just happen to stumble across this cabin oh yeah huh? maybe they just happen to stumble she plays across the lost she plays person the lost person and they happen to just stumble across this cabin and it ends up being you know where she has lived for the last year two years of her life on her own living off of nature. Right. And she kind of has this like secret like bunker essentially with all these supplies and all of these things that she's already had stored up, but she like casually introduces these elements as if they went out and like captured their own rainwater and harvested this or she they went and shot you know a deer or whatever to harvest that okay kind of things she doesn't lead on the fact that she's like actually like fully prepared in this bunker or maybe she just hides that from them entirely and they try and they hunt and gather and things on their own and just use this as shelter but i feel like i feel like it needs to be sudden and then we drag on the whole death procedure of their family somehow but I don't know how to like get her convinced to do it for her unless it's a gun or a gun will work. She could use the father's gun. Yeah, like maybe she's like talks about her family in the in the past tense and says, you know, they they passed away. You know, this is healing me. Something along those lines. She poisons the family. Maybe she maybe she drugs the girl somehow, and she's like really out of her mind almost while she's like burying him. And they have these, like, conversations, but they don't realize... It's not, like... It's almost like part of it is, like, in her head that she doesn't realize that it... Uh, do you yeah, understand what I'm she saying? she needs to have this, like, completely lucid, like, in and out, back and forth kind of... She sees her family as okay, but not. ...with the girl. Right. I feel like she needs to be... There needs to be a lot of, like, flashback and forth between the actual mother and father and son... Well, maybe she lies her to her friend. Family. Maybe she lies to Victoria that they're, they went on a trip real quick and then she'll be back and then they... She kind of works her magic to, like, fuck with her head somehow. That could work. Starts maybe pulling she, on the strings of, like, how runs, they treat her. So maybe she runs into them in this adventure that they're on and it develops into this whole story of that she's kind of on her own for a while while they're out foraging or on their own little camping adventure and she didn't want to join them because she thought it was you know she thought she was too old for that type of an experience and she wanted to stay behind and so they left her behind and so she found them and then she slowly started to sabotage their provisions right maybe she drugged victoria to keep her out of the, the the issue, and she doesn't realize she thinks she just passed out because she was tired. And then she poisons the family, but she's, like, torturing them behind the scenes as they're, like, looking for them together, quote-unquote. Ooh, yeah, I like that idea. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that might be better so that, like, she doesn't have any idea and the viewer doesn't know. So it would just be kind of like, you think she's actually helping her, but really she's the one that's, like... Through this, like, series of flashbacks. Yeah. And then, like, she doesn't want her to know because she doesn't fit into the equation... Of feeding the dirt god, so to speak. 
dope. What do you think? Essentially, it all comes back to her trying to reincarnate her family. Now, does she kill one of some of her fan the the Victoria's family? No, I feel like she definitely kills Victoria's family. Like one at a time, obviously. Slowly, one at a time. Right. While Victoria watches. So who's the last one? The son. The son. So her brother. Okay. So because she kills. Who does she kill off first? The dad. The dad. Okay, and then the mom. And then the son. And then the son. How does she kill them? She puts a bag over her dad's, the dad's head. She suffocates the dad. With a bag. No. It's got to be like a slow thing where he passes out from like, I just feel like. I feel like if we're going to kill a kid. Well, at the end, I'm talking about the dad first. Do we, but do we kill the kid or do we, does the kid end up We'll we'll figure that out as we go. But I feel like in that type of setting, suffocation is probably better fit for a kid. Maybe, How but what if we don't kill him? Kill? Maybe okay. he gets saved. We suffocate the dad. Yeah, he, she puts a bag over his head. He's like screaming, kind of like you can suff- see the bag going yeah, in and out of his mouth. Yeah, he suffocating himself. Right. She doesn't hold it. She just kind of ties it around his neck, essentially. And he, what if she like hits him over the head with like a stick? His own walking stick. And then, <laughs> and then, Sorry. like he's like kind of dazed, and she puts a bag over his head. Yeah, that'll work. And then he's he kind of snaps out of it, but he like suffocates to death next to the mom and the son. Mm. They're all facing each other in a circle. Yeah, it's kind of dark. I like that. Yeah, so they're all buried, right? Are okay, they're all buried. Right? Or are they? She gets them. She buries them. I feel like they should all be buried like up to their neck. Right. Exactly. Okay. So they're all buried in a circle facing each other up to the neck. She hits the dad over the head with his own walking stick that he was using. Okay. For their hike. And then she places the bag over his head and kind of subtly holds it there. She doesn't put a whole lot of effort into holding it there. Against he can't him, do anything but against he can't it. can't do yeah. anything to fight it. Right. So she's literally just lightly holding this bag over his head. And you watch him like as he slowly starts to realize that he's going to die and him trying to struggle his way out. Right. So, yes. What if, okay, and this is what I was also thinking, like, now the mom is, like, upset, the son is crying, they're freaking out, the mom's upset, but what if, like, Anna, the crazy killer girl who lost her family in the mudslide, what if she's, like, trying to appease the mom in order to make her love her in some way? Like in her crazy mind. To get this mommy daughter. Right. So then the mom just sort of plays along as in sort of. Thinking she's going to fool her. Into yeah. Her to out. letting her out. But then she's like, oh, I knew you'd love me. But then kills her. Mm-hmm. Maybe like stabbing her face like several times. With a shovel. Something. You know what I mean? Like, or just jams like a pencil in her eye. She's like drawing something. And she's like, I'm Drew. I drew you. And she's like, oh, that's so beautiful. Like playing along Mm -hmm. to get her to like love her, like care so that she won't kill her because she killed her dad. Mm -hmm. And then she stabs a, a, a pencil in her eye and she's like, I knew you'd love me. And she just keeps stabbing it like real slow and like really demented. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, yeah. like, I kind of like that whole back and forth thing. Yeah. This is, like, very much a thriller. I like that. Like, but slash... I want, I want the, the, the mom character to not lose the, the part that she's playing. So maybe she doesn't die. So even after... No, even after she, like, will, you know, slowly, repeatedly stab her in the eye with this pencil, I don't want her to break the fact that she's trying to appeal to this girl. Okay, what if... Okay, here's an idea that we could bridge the gap. Since she's crazy, we can kind of go where we want. What if the mom still talks to her even though she's dead? Yeah, oh yeah, afterwards. Like, after she dies? Yeah. Yeah. Like, she felt closest to the mom, 
So she's like dreaming of her talking to her with the pencil in her eye. The mom still tries tries to reason with her. Right. Like she's talking to her. And then that I feel like she that eventually was what leads to her maybe not killing the son. Okay. We got to figure out how we're going to get Victoria into this picture cuz she's still maybe maybe she's at this place, at this house and she's like I've been looking out for her and she's like I don't feel good, you know, like but she's been poisoned and she doesn't realize it that she's like been sedated by dr- being drugged somehow. Mushrooms. Somehow. Yeah, like she keeps her fucked up. Straight up shrooms. Okay. They're growing out in this fucking area. Like that's what she's feeding her is fucking mushrooms. Okay. So she's like borderline fucking drugged. Like high and like poisoned at the same in the same respect. Okay, and then maybe she like gives that girl a sense of hope. But it's kind of like like the ranger came by and he's gonna go get help. He'll be back soon. Meanwhile, she's like still torturing her family. Maybe she's like having an argument with her brother and she keeps beating him in the head or something like that until he's like all his whole face is bruised up and fucked up. Something. Yeah, that's cool. I don't know. I just think it'd kind of be cool if like. He still gets beaten up and hurt, whether he does or not. We haven't figured that out I yet. I feel like she's just going to smack him in the face with a garden hoe a couple times. Face and head. What if the girl gets out? What if Victoria gets out of the house and finds her brother all beaten up? But she's so fucked up, she doesn't really understand. And then the girl like starts to tie her up now. And it's like this whole sadistic thing. And then she cuts off her dad's head and brings it to her. I wanted you to feel like you weren't alone. Yeah. While I'm out looking for your family, here's your dad's head. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> Something yeah. crazy like that. You know what I mean? Is that yeah. dark or no, good? I like or? that. It's like I wanted. I wanted you to know that I wasn't lying to you about trying to find your family. I found your dad, and I didn't want you to be alone. Yeah. So I brought you your dad. Yeah. And then like just brings his head in. And she, she gets just, excited for she, a moment. Yeah, she gets excited for a second, and then she just brings his head in that she just freshly took off with a fucking shovel. Right. Ha. Maybe puts it on a stick or something or some fucked up thing. I feel thing. like she just is going to set it in her lap. Right. Like she just hands it to her. The girl's hands, As she's tied the up. The girl's hands are going to be tied like this in her lap. And I feel like she's just going to set her dad's hand head in her lap. Oh, my God. Facing her. Okay. Cool. So then does she kill her brother? No. Maybe the girl, Victoria, tries to... I because think, they had some sort of connection. I feel like Victoria is going to end up starting to play along with Anna okay and play towards the fact that she understands where Anna's coming from and she wants Anna to know that she's not alone and she wants to be there with her and support her and she understands why she's doing what she's doing and she wants to help her make these sacrifices and helps to bring you know her family back right and she ends up somehow completely like convincing Anna that she's on her side and in that time frame, while she's doing it, she's, like, slowly undoing her restraints and finding her way out. And then they end up in this, like, crazy fucking struggle. I feel like she needs to kiss her in some way. She does. No, it totally needs and to be tied they, into that And then she attacks her but doesn't kill her. Yeah, she needs, she, she gives her this whole crazy speech about how she understands why she's doing what she's doing. She wants to help her and, you know, she is so sorry that she lost her family and she wants to do everything she can you know, to help her bring them back. And, you know, over this time frame, maybe she's discovered the fact that she's, she feels something for her that was a mutual sure type of um, emotion or whatever between the two of them. And she kind of like entices her close to her. And then, you know, they're, they're crying with each other or whatever. And then like, she reaches her head up to kiss her and then they kiss each other. And then she 
breaks her restraints last second and then like maybe somehow like gets the rope up around Anna's neck and strangles her. What? It, but, but I mean like hardcore like that is a big ass fucking crazy. I mean that would be cool. It with would a be lot of vindicating spit and a lot of blood and being like. But what if it didn't end happy? I don't want it to end happy. Like that's what I'm saying. Like I want some. I want them to end up killing. I want her to end up killing Anna in some way and. Or, like, maybe thinking they killed her. No, 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 no. I mean, like, Anna should die. That would be a glorified, like, you killed my family type of kill. Right. What if Anna is the victor in the whole thing? And then, like, try as she might, Victoria tried to save her brother and everything like that. But they end up just, like, heads near her bed. Or, you know what I mean? Like, like maybe it's not even a positive ending and Anna dies. Maybe she just walks off into the wilderness with a bag full of heads. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, waiting for the mud god to fucking... Or we could turn it around to the fact that... Victoria ends up defeating Anna, but it's too late and her brother's dead. Or she kills Anna and then the mud, another mudslide happens and kills them all. I feel like that's too cliche. Is it? Yeah. She ends up killing Anna and she, you know, once she realizes that she's dead, she gets out and goes to rush towards her brother to save him, but he's like succumbed to his injuries and he's dead. And I feel so like he almost, could suffocate by she, mud or something. She, yeah, well, yeah, maybe he sunk too far into the dirt by that point, but right. he's also been beaten many, you know, on multiple occasions by okay. this point. So he, maybe he's like partially buried in dirt. So maybe like up to his nose. So he still maybe has like one nostril out where he could still get a breath, but he's like so severely bruised and beaten that he just succumbed. He could barely even breathe. And then he's, he's succumbed okay. to his injuries. So by the time she actually reaches him, he's gone. Okay. And then she ends up turning into exactly what Anna was. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, I'm down and with that. So then the, oh, the ending scene could actually be her. You see her with a bag of their heads. Maybe. Wait, who, Anna? No, I, you can see Victoria with a bag that has Anna, her father, her mother, and her brother's heads in it. And she's going to go and find a new place to settle on her own. Okay. I, I don't mind that so much. But or maybe wh- just even with her brother's head. What if, like, it's like she tries to make it to her brother, Victoria tries to make it to her brother, but he dies, and then there's this, like, battle between Anna and Victoria, and she, like, really brutalizes uh, Anna. That would be cool, too, actually. Like, we could do... You could actually do it where, you know, she she entices Anna in to her, and then she kind of breaks loose, and then they start fighting. She breaks her off a little bit maybe incapacitates her and she goes to make a break for her brother meanwhile it's fucking storming maybe yeah because maybe anna talks about the daisies and there's this like one patch of daisies in the mud where her family is being killed basically but i feel like maybe while they're doing this struggle with each other it's completely thunderstorming and it's crazy outside right so the solid dirt is turning into mud and then you start to slowly see her little brother sink yeah maybe the water is like going over his head and so, it like, drowns the water is starting to kind of like seep into this hole right he's partially buried but he's sinking deeper and deeper into the dirt and, and the mud drowns. slowly and slowly and he eventually ends up drowning okay and then by the time like maybe she she knocks or hurts her to knock her out somehow anna out somehow victoria does and then she rushes out to find the patch of daisies or whatever the spot that she's sort of talked that about. Her brother's dead. Right. And, and then she, she tries gets... to bury him out or, um, you know, to dig him out of his grave. 
essentially. And she, once she finally gets him out enough, she realizes that he's gone, and then she goes and takes out her complete and full revenge on Anna. Well, what if Anna comes, wakes up out of her being knocked out somehow, comes to the spot, because she knows she's going there, finds her, and then attacks uh, Victoria somewhere where she thinks she's going to die, and that's when Victoria attacks back on Anna, and it's like this crazy death scene. There's got to be like a really... It has to be a great fucking... Like, right, where she takes her head kind of thing. Yeah, I feel like the the um, shovel decapitation scene is that, that, that moment. Ooh, yeah. Maybe she just like hits her head for a while. I feel like until she gets knocked out. I feel like that should be the moment is that she they're in this struggle with each other. She, you know, gets she's very on the brink of being incapacitated herself or Victoria is. And then she winds up next to this shovel next to her. Right. And so she kind of plays dead and then give this like then Anna will get this crazy monologue. Like, this, like, beautiful fucking speech that she gives of trying to, like, how she tried to relate to Victoria's character and kind of why she was doing what she did and trying to make her understand and she wanted her to be her sister and it was, like, this whole misunderstanding on Victoria's end and Anna's trying to explain it to her and I want this to be, like, this beautiful monologue, like, with it raining and, like... You know, blood and dirt and shit just like running off of her. Ooh, she's what if like doing this explanation, and then all of a sudden, like Anna, like grabs Anna, a rock. Anna grabs a rock to there go and go. finish Victoria off. Then the shovel, like and she then, hits her in the head to knock her then out. And you'll slowly see Victoria's hand come out and wrap around the shovel, just as the camera cuts to Anna, slowly kneeling down over. Victoria with this giant rock in her hand and she's about to fucking hit her over the head with it and then you see Victoria grip finalize it around the shovel and she smacks fucking Anna across the head with it right knocks her down incapacitates her and just keeps smacking and her head with a shovel smacks her smacks her smacks her smacks her and then all of a sudden you see this this whole like right right or left side of her head complete pulp but her mouth's open but her mouth's open oh, yeah. and she's still like maybe one eye is complete like one eye like Smashed. one half of her face i want to be completely like pulp right and then her other eye partially bulging out of the socket because of all the force that's been applied she's, to her. Yeah, and she's, like, hitting her in there with then, a shovel, like, a lot. But I want her to lot. still be, like, yeah, she's going to fucking town on this chick's fucking skull, basically. And she's pretty much dead, but she still has a little bit left in her. And I want her to be, like, gurgling. mumbling, gurgling something. Right. And then Anna just, like, takes the shovel up above, or Anna, Victoria, takes the shovel up above her head and just... Yeah. It down what on her if, neck and fucking decapitates What her. if she, like, Ooh, she's smacking her on the head over and over and over again, and the shovel breaks, and then she takes the broken end of the fucking shovel yeah. and shoves it on her face, but cuts her hand, and it, like, bleeds onto her face, even. I so think it's, like, this brutal... Maybe not even a full decapitation. I think maybe she shoves the end of the shovel down the center of her face. What like if right down in the center, like right down, like on her, like on her nose okay. area. So basically like chops right down the middle of her fucking face. And then, yeah, as the impact comes down, she ends up slicing her own hand. And then you're seeing like her blood. She's bleeding all over. Her I kind of think it would be cool if she somehow removed her head, whether it be half or by her neck. 
and then dropped it off at the police station or something like that because well, she's lost if, her mind. If you're going to do that, then it's a whole head. Yeah, if you that's what I'm do thinking. Where, she, where like the ending scene is where she stumbles like barely conscious into this police station and then just drops a head on the front right. desk and, she's and then like, collapses. Yeah. Like, she's got to collapse at the end of it. She can't, like, she's at the end of her fucking rope at that point. Like, I feel like she needs to come in barely functioning and just, like, drop this fucking head. And it, this the cut scene into that needs to be of her hand holding her hair. And I want to see just the dirt and grime and shit all over her hands and, and her, all over nails. her nails and all over her body and her just, like, plop this head down on this desk and wouldn't it be great like out wouldn't it be great like they don't know the whole story because she did that and she lost her mind victoria did she killed anna who killed her family she drops the head off at the police station passes out now she's in a hospital in a loony bin and she's just picking the dirt out of underneath her nails and like a song plays uh the actual act what could work too is the opening scene of the film could be her dropping the head on the desk. You don't see at, her face. At the police station. You don't see the girl's face. All you see is the head getting dropped on this desk in a police station, and then it cut away to her being in this asylum, picking the dirt out from underneath her nails, and maybe a reporter or something coming in to like interview her and find yeah, out Yeah, what if her you don't see the face of the it, head or the anything? You just see the back of the you head. You don't see Victoria's face. You and don't you see, don't see Anna's. Anna's. All you see is the back of the head with the dirty, grimy, bloody hand hmm. dropping the head onto this desk at a police station. And then it cutting away into them opening in the scene in an asylum with Victoria's character. Right. And maybe like a, like a reporter coming in to get her story or maybe even just a police officer coming in to find like to find out what happened to her or where this like where she, why she brought in a head and dropped it off at the station and then this all being like this big kind of like flashback story well it could be that i don't want to do the flashback story i think it's still cool if we cut to the beginning like you said but then and then she ends up in the hospital or whatever and maybe it's just like crazy no one believes her and she's just lost her mind at this point all like lucid dreams I just feel like I, it would be cool that she was digging the dirt underneath her ails and smiling, and then the, some sort of song plays after, you know, they show her bringing in the head and everything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To end it? Yeah. It, so it loops around to the very beginning, but she's just crazy in the end, and no one believes her, essentially. Yeah, that'll work. So that would be the ending sequence, is, you know, like, well, I feel like if it's going to end, then you want to show Anna's face on the head that she drops and then her face and and everything in the end. And then the last final scene of the film could be her in this asylum. Sure. With her kind of rocking back and forth, picking the, the dirt out from underneath her fingernails and the song playing this like kind of maniacal, like uneasy feeling old timey kind of like holiday type song, you know, them ending maybe with, doctors it's talking about how they they just they don't believe or understand or maybe she's talking about her sister and she never had one yeah maybe that could be it to be like you have to find my sister you have to talk to my sister like yeah kind of situation and then the doctor's ending it with like all the answers come from the dirt under the nail yeah or something stupid like something, something weird. like that to tie it all in at the end yeah like i like that i think that's good that's a pretty good rap i that's a movie i'm sorry i would i'd watch it 
I would watch the shit I'd out of watch that. The fuck fuck out yeah. Of that. that sounds pretty interesting. So what would the tagline for like the movie we've be? We've got to refine that quite a bit, but it, it in the end could Yeah, work. but we just get the gist of it for the most in part. The it could work. And if some fucking asshole from Hollywood listens to this and like, yeah, we could sue the shit it, out of him. Sue the fuck out of you. Yeah, we'll sue you. Son of a bitch. Copyright, bitch. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> So the My movie name. was called Dirt Under Nail. What is the tagline going to be that we would put on the mo- on the cover? Oh, Don't God. drag my family through the mud. <laughs> no. <laughs> I know it's so cheesy. Uh It's got to be allude to what the story would be about but not 100%. <laughs> Mudslide. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's so bad. These hikers are up to their neck in family. <laughs> I know it's stupid, like, but it's just like, you know. Revenge doesn't come organic. Hey, I'm down with that. Or revenge isn't organic. I don't know. I'm trying to think of something that could tie into the whole like. Blood is thicker than mud. Yeah, or mud isn't. What about blood is thicker than mud, though? Blood is thicker than mud. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it works. makes sense. Blood is thicker than mud. It, it, it like at least makes you somewhat interested. Dirt blood under nail. Blood is thicker than mud. That actually would work. Yeah, I think it's good because it kind of alludes to things, but it doesn't. But it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't give it away. But it makes you wonder what the fuck that is about. A bit of a sense. Okay, yeah, I think that works. I think so too. Dirt under. It's nail, a wrap. Blood is thicker than mud. Dirt under nail, guys. So blood is thicker than mud is the tagline. So we'll put up a fucking... I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do for the artwork for that. But we'll figure something out. I'll show you some stuff and see what I do. It usually comes to me, depending on what pictures I can find. you know. But uh, yeah, it was fun, man. What did you think? That's nerve-wracking. Isn't it? I told you it's crazy, right? Look, man. But it's it's not so bad once you get kind of like once let you go get in of the group. Yeah, because we started on this like whole op, like completely fucking different plan. Right. And then like we started over way way over here, <laughs> and then we came and went way over here. <laughs> <laughs> it was like from A to fucking Z. Like, but literally. it's cool that way though, because it kind of panned like... out. And I, I hope to fucking Christ you can edit this into a way that makes sense where we don't sound like a bunch of fucking assholes. Oh no no no! I'm sure you'll be fine, but I'm gonna sound like an asshole. Anybody that's a creative person or someone that's interested in how stories are made are they gonna have en- to they enjoy this work it out yeah, yeah. they like to hear how the the thought comes about like we made it as we went and i think that's what's kind of cool about and it. it ended up turning out to be pretty fucking dope like that's it is we had watched the fuck out of yeah so. it's not like you're in your face horror but it's like really psychological it's and a psychological up. thinker fucking film and i like right. that shit so. i think so too and that's why i wanted to leave it kind of ambiguous like that like i don't know like why would she bring the head in and like like how do you forget that <laughs> yeah what do you guys think though do you think that we should have changed things like what should we have added what should we have taken out did you like the story what did you think of the name what did you think of the tagline like we made this all shit all this shit up in like 30 45 minutes so it's a terrible attempt at my first time for this i think it was great i don't think i think you're being too harsh on yourself <laughs> like seriously we've made up like crazier weirder dumb shit i know some of them that I've so seen. i'm just like i'd still watch that but... some of them are really really in but depth holy fuck yeah some of them are pretty dope like but... i was like pretty impressed like that we actually came up with something I mean, as deep as it was they're but... all interesting but some of them yeah delve pretty fucking deep 
I'm like, whoo. Well, it's like if you even think for a second that you know so this reminds you of something, I always go, well, what can we do it's to different. try to make it different? You know, like how do we twist it a little bit so it's not the same? Yeah. So. Tits. Yeah, what do you guys think? Let us know in the comments below on our YouTube, SoundCloud, wherever the fuck it is. But uh, I think that's it for today, uh, our Monday episode. So we'll be back on Thursday for our Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead episode, George Romero homage uh, that we'll be talking about and break it down for you this Thursday. So, but if you guys haven't already, please do share our, what we do. If you enjoy what we do, like what we do, share with everyone that you know. It really does go a long way. If it wasn't for you guys, nobody would listen. And we would be just talking to ourselves. And that's cool too, but. We do that, but. Yeah. Like we do that anyway, but we might as well share it with other people. It's much cooler when someone else listens to us crack stupid jokes. And, and gets it or laughs or whatever the fuck yeah. else, right? I know you all love shishka tits. You're welcome. <laughs> all right, guys. So we'll, we'll see you this Thursday. Take care. I hope you have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. Stay weird, monsters. Dead.